as we begin tonight, uh, we go into this uh, time that as we move in the book of Acts. So if you have your Bible, we'll be in the book of Acts tonight. Um, the last several weeks, we've talked about the book of Acts and uh, we talked about leading up to Pentecost and um, Pentecost Sunday. If you weren't aware, Pentecost Sunday is actually next Sunday, um, which is which is which I'll explain a little bit about Pentecost today, um, talking about it. But we're walking in this journey all the way from Easter Sunday with Pentecost being 50 days after Easter. Um, this journey of, of the disciples that have been with Jesus for several years, they followed with him, they saw his, him die, they saw his resurrection, they saw him ascend into heaven, and Jesus says to wait. Um, I want to reference really quickly before we get into Acts, John chapter 16, 7 through, and 14, which is, which is what Jesus is telling us to wait uh, for something that's coming after me. And he says, but very truly I tell you, verse 7, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He's talking about the advocate as the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Holy Spirit uh, will receive from me what he will make known uh, to you. This is this is Jesus on his last night with the disciples um, during the Last Supper, and he is uh, reiterating the fact that they can they they will wait uh, for the Holy Spirit that is going to come after his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. And so, the last couple of weeks we've we've talked about just leading into the Book of Acts of. Um, Luke, who has wrote, written this, this book, uh, actually the two-part series of the book of Luke and now the book of Acts, um, and he's writing together um, and, and writing to Theophilus, this person that, that is probably an influential man, and he's done this, done this research and discovery to find out, looking for eyewitnesses, uh, literally this 30 years after the whole events take place, that he's, he's compounding together everything for that people could be able to understand um, who, who Jesus was, what Jesus did, and what the miracles of the disciples um, uh, were, or, or the miracles of, of the Holy Spirit that happened in the early church. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 15 um, and go to 26. We'll read uh, several verses tonight. Um, This is actually one of an an interesting passage um, tonight. So Acts chapter 1, verse 15 through 26. Um, I'm reading out the NIV tonight. It says, in those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. So there's 120 people that are here. Um, and I'll make a note really quick on this one. Um, there's 120 people. Um, the Bible tells us later on that, that there was about 500 people or 500 witnesses that saw, or over 500 that saw the resurrection of Jesus. And, and despite um, over 500 people seeing Jesus resurrected or, or seeing Jesus in resurrected form before he ascended into heaven, there's only 120 people that have come together at this moment. They're in an upper room. And like we talked about um, last week, we talked about how 
there was a gathering of different types of people that that would have not been gathered before. I mean, we see all the disciples unified once again. When many, when you had Peter who had denied Jesus Christ, when you had Thomas who who doubted, you had each of them to go to their own um, things. They were now united. There's no division between them. Um, you have Peter, James, John, Andrew, and so forth. And you had every single disciple coming through. You had Mary, the mother of Jesus, who even doubted um, as well. And, and Jesus' family, who did not believe in him, the Bible tells us, and his brothers that are there with him. Uh, the Bible also shares that women were there, so there was no uh, segregation between men and women. There was people unified together uh, leading up to Pentecost. And so we talked about this last week, and you can listen to that, that podcast now. And 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 how important that is that just people are coming together from all shapes, um, all different um, walks. Everyone's coming together. People who doubted, people who trusted in God, people who followed, people who might have denied God, but they're all coming together. But at this point, there's only 120 people. Um, it could be that not some people returned home. Um, it could be that some people didn't didn't want to wait eagerly um, for Pentecost to happen, and, and maybe they doubted. Okay, we've been here for a couple of days. We've been here for a couple of nights. Nothing has happened. Um, so it went from 500 people down to 120. So 120 people are here, and Peter stands among them and says, Brothers and sisters, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago, through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. He's recognizing the fact that Judas was one of the people, one of the friends that had been with them. Um, you know, Judas gets a bad rap, and we'll talk about it right now, why he gets a bad rap. I mean, he's, 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 not, um, he's not afraid to say that, man, he was with us and he hung out with us for three years. He was our friend. And he says, to, he says here in verse 18, with the payment received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. Where he fell headlong, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. Verse 19, everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, um, Ekodama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Verse 23, so they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabas, also known as Justice, and, uh, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over your, your apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. Um, tonight I want to just share for a few moments this uh, idea, this title, if you take notes, uh, Waiting for Pentecost. Um, we talked about preparing for Pentecost. Now we're talking about waiting for Pentecost. And I feel that this is an interesting um, series of events that are taking place at the moment right now um, in this passage. Um, as we talked about Pentecost is that the word Pentecost is 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. So Jesus walked among us for 40 days and 40 nights and he was with us. So then there's this last stretch of 10 days. So, you know, 40 plus 10 is 50. And so Pentecost is the 50th day, the penta in meaning five and, and the cost meaning days. So it's that, that Pentecost, that's where they get that word from. And so, so 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was with us. Now it's the last 10 days and they go to Jerusalem and they stay in Jerusalem and they go to an upper room. And there's among them all these different types of people, like I mentioned a few minutes ago. 
every pe- all these people, they come and they pray and they fast and they look for God. And they're waiting for what's to come of what Jesus has prepared for them. They're waiting and waiting. And many times here's what happens is that we can get so eager as we're waiting for something to happen that we we get so confused and, and we get so tired of waiting. You've been in a season of waiting and you're like, oh my gosh, what is mine going to get done? Um, what, one of the most times I, for myself personally that I, I don't like to wait is whenever I'm on an airplane and we land somewhere. Uh, this happened a couple, a couple weeks ago. I, I went to Florida um, and we landed somewhere. Um, I, I want to be like, as soon as we land, I literally want to get off the plane because there's just a million people on the plane. And then there's like all these people in front of me. Everybody's trying to get uh, their carry-on bags off and trying to get on and 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 it, they take their sweet time. It's about you know, there's a bunch of people around you, and there's always that older lady in front of you that's always struggling. And you're like, hey, you know, let me walk around you. You know, and the aisle's only so big for like one person to fit through at one time, and and so uh, so you have to wait. And and so literally, you know, being on a plane, you could literally be another 20, 30 minutes even after you land. And so it's it, that's when I, I find myself getting most impatient in a moment like that. And so the, the disciples are here, and they're probably impatient of what's to come, because they know that there's something that's been promised, as we've talked about in this, in this chapter of Acts. And I've always found it that this little portion of, of Scripture um, that, that happens between Acts 1 and Acts 2, um, I, when people talk about Pentecost, it's always interesting because people will always read Acts 1-8, um, but you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you. But, and then they'll skip forward, you know, they'll, they'll read that, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, Acts 1-8, you'll receive power in the Holy Spirit. They're like, they get it all loud and excited. But then immediately after that, they'll go into Acts 2 when Pentecost actually happens. And it's kind of like you, you ignore the little middle part that happens here that it, it might not seem that important, but what happens here can be very important to us. See, when Pentecost is coming, it's this... Um, as we mentioned last week, it's, it's in conjunction with this Jewish festival, um, Shabbat, or the Feast of Weeks, or the Day of the First Fruits. They're waiting for something, these, these, these first fruits of what's, what's to come on this 50th day. And as we go back into this verse, this is, moment, this is the moment where Peter stands up among the believers. It's 120. So Peter is here. And this is literally the first time we see Peter take the, the headship, the, the authority figure now that Jesus is gone. And he comes among them and says, you know, my brothers and sisters, scripture has had to be fulfilled. And he even brings up the Holy Spirit. He using, he's using that, the Holy Spirit long ago. This is kind of an important thing to take notice because Peter here is acknowledging that the Holy Spirit is not just at work on Pentecost, but he's been at work throughout the years and years before that. You know, it's like whenever you encounter God, you didn't encounter God and, and that's the first time God showed up. No, it's God that had been working in your midst, in our midst, many, many years before that um, so that you can get to the place where you found God. The Holy Spirit is not just someone that just shows up on one day. This is, hey, this is where I am. I'm here on Pentecost. It's my birthday. Hey, what's up, everybody? No, the Holy Spirit has been around all this time throughout the Bible, even through even the, through the book of Genesis, where, Jesus, where, where God says, let us make man in his image. You know, he's talking about us as a, as a trinity. There's, a, there's three of us. There's three in one. 
So the Holy Spirit is not just someone that just shows up when when Pentecost happens. The Holy Spirit has been around and he's been working even before and before we even experience the supernatural wonders and that Pentecost shows us. The Holy Spirit's already been working in our midst. And he spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. And they they're here and they're talking about Judas. And they, they, they start sharing about this is what Judas did. He committed suicide. He he killed himself. He hung himself. And as he hung himself, his, his guts filled out. And, and, and that's why they call it the field of blood. This is this. He paints this image of this is this is our friend that we've lost. Um, I, I don't know if they even had like a funeral service, but this is probably the, the closest funeral service they had for him because they took a moment and said, you know what? Let's let's remember our friend that we lost. Um, and, and as they're waiting for Pentecost, they're, they're probably in this season of like, OK, what do we do next? What 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 what, what what's our what's our next move? Jesus left us. We're here. We're praying. We're fasting. But but can we act on something? We got to do something. And and, and and the hardest thing to do is to wait. It's the hardest thing to do. You know, you, you're here and you're like, man, Jesus is gone. And Jesus said, we're going to be witnesses in all of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. But then he said, wait. Wait. And here they are, the disciples, and they're like, okay, what do we do now? And, and they're talking about Judas, and they're like, okay, let's, let's find a replacement. Because Judas was unfaithful. And I want to tell you a couple things tonight. Number one, not every person among you will be faithful. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the God on his truth. I mean, it, it's, it's as real as it gets that, that people are going to fail each other, and we're going to fail one another. I will probably fail you, and you will probably fail me at one point in life. But there's some people here that are just going to completely abandon what God has planned for them. There's going to be people like Judas that sadly are going to say no to God. And they're going to walk away from God. And not everyone is going to, is going to be faithful to this. You know, if, if you've lost a, a best friend, I mean, if has anybody ever lost a friend in their life? Like, you lo- maybe you lost a best friend or a loved one or someone that you cherished. This is, this is the reality of the disciples. They've lost a friend. They knew something. This is a guy they slept and hung out with. They saw miracles with for three years. And, and you don't think the disciples have this perfect, uh, it's not this perfect picture of, of everything looking good for the disciples. No, they, they've lost friends as well. Even Jesus himself if it was betrayed. If you've been, been betrayed and you've had friends that have betrayed you and stabbed you in the back or stabbed you in the front, <laughs> then that happened to Jesus as well. You know, take, take some courage today or, or, or take, take a little bit of, of, of weight off your shoulders because if people have left you and abandoned you, that happened to Jesus as well. His own beloved friends have did that as well. It says not every person among you will be faithful. Not everyone here, not everyone um, that's to come. There are going to be all types of people. 
and we're going to have to figure out God, what what do we do with them? Do we, how do we how do we work with them? How do we how do how do we pray for them? And, and the disciples are here, and they're trying to figure out in this waiting season. This is where they this is evidence that they really need the Holy Spirit. The, 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 the Bible tells us that, that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. And when people betray us, I, I really believe that, the, that we need the Holy Spirit to help us forgive and to move on past some of the betrayals in our life. And here they are. They're just they, you could tell that they're hurting and they're like, OK, let's just move on because we're, 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 we can't we're not doing this. You know, we got to do something. And it says they nominated two men. Joseph called Barsabas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry. Then they cast lots, and the lot uh, fell to Matthias, so he was added to the 11 uh, disciples. Now, I've always thought that it was kind of an interesting passage of Scripture that's, like I said, it's wedged in between this Acts 1 and um, and the first half of where Jesus ascends and Jesus is saying you will receive power. And then Acts 2 is the day that Pentecost happens. And and I've always wondered, and a couple of years ago I, I taught a class on the book of Acts and you know we, we actually opened up a discussion on this particular passage. And really um, there's different schools of thought about this and of why you know they felt the eagerness of, okay, we got to find someone to fill in the role Okay, one person's gone. There's 11 disciples. How do we get to 12? And, and there's all these different types of commentaries of what, of what people believe in this. And there's, I, I was looking at it as I was studying this, what people think about it. And I was trying to just, just do my own personal investigation of how I feel. And, and one of the things that, that, that really stands out to me is this, this idea that, that maybe it says here that, that they, they go, these disciples... And what is Luke trying to tell us? Because Luke is the one writing this, and there's a reason why he writes this. He says, they, they go through, and they say, we got two people. We have Joseph. Uh, we call him Barsabas. He's also known as Justice. He has three names here. And we got Matthias. And they're like, okay, these are the best of the best we could possibly choose out of 120 people. Here we have. And they bring them for, forth, and the Bible tells us that they cast lots, which... That literally meant um, what we would think is like rolling dice. You know, they just, you know, like if they were at Vegas, you know, at the craps table, um, what they would do is take um, a piece of stone or a rock and put someone's name on it and then carve it out and put it in, in a little jar. And, and, you know, whichever one kind of fell, you know, that's how that, that was their, their way of selecting when they said cast lots. Could it be that these disciples were just so eager to move forward with the church that they just wanted to jump at whatever decision they could possibly make? What make? They threw it in God's hands, yes. But maybe the Holy Spirit had something better later on down the road. If they would have waited for Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would have revealed to them many other things. You see, these men are frail men. They're, they're men who are hurting they're men who have lost a friend. They've lost their savior, Jesus Christ, or they feel like they, that he's no longer with them. Because, and they're in this waiting season. And they're making decisions because they want to move forward and say, okay, let's, let's, just, let's just make a decision. We, okay, we got to do something here. We're missing one. Let's make a decision. Okay, we, we got to have our, 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 our team, our tribes. They, they represent each tribe of Israel. We, we need everyone here. Could it be that number two... 
Not every decision that is made will be the best one. I really believe that in t- over time is that there there are decisions that that God that God has told us to make, and there's decisions that God allows us to make. And I feel like sometimes there's 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 decisions that in our life, and we could talk about the permissive will of God. We could talk about God's perfect will because there's two different wills. You know, there's this God's perfect plan, and there's God's permissive plan. Um, the permissive plan is things that God allows us to do, and and, it, and falls in His will. And there's things that God really wanted for us to really see if we would have just waited a little longer. And here the disciples are here, and they're not waiting any longer because if they would have waited maybe a couple more days, I don't know how long it is and within his 10 days. Um, it would have been maybe the first day or the second day. But, the, but, but Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. In fact, Lucas, I, I really feel Lucas trying to share, share us with something because this is the only time that Luke even mentions the name of Matthias because we don't even hear of the name Matthias ever, ever again in Scripture. We don't know what he did. We don't know anything else about him. Um, and there's different schools of thought, and I kind of wrestle with this as well. I'll be honest with you. I mean, even as a, as, a, as a teacher, I'm trying to decipher the text just like you are, and we're walking with this together. And people, you know, there's some things I, I, I look at, and I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta study it, and I'm taking my best educated guess after looking at what people are saying about this. But one of the things that I, I've thought about this is, like, maybe the disciples chose the wrong person. And many times... We choose our own people and leadership. I've seen leadership come and go. And maybe sometimes we make our decisions and we, we say, okay, we give it up to God. But if we've really waited for the Holy Spirit to really tell us what we need to do, what actions we need to take, things would have been so much different. We would have got there a whole lot differently. I pray that, that through this church, I pray through Vive, I pray through um, every decision that we make over the next several months that uh, of people that we put in leadership, of people that we put that to oversee different areas, that we would just wait on what the Holy Spirit is telling us and what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, and we can listen to it. And I'm not saying that, man, maybe they made a horrible decision, but one of the things that, that picks up, that I think Luke is trying to tell us throughout the book of Acts, because throughout the book of Acts, the first half of the book of Acts focuses on a man named Peter, who is this leader over the, the, these, these disciples in this early church. But then the next half of the book of Acts, there, there, we see a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus that was a Pharisee um, who literally persecuted and killed Christians that God redeemed and changed his life. And, and the next half of the book of Acts literally oversees his ministry. And we call him Paul. And we know him as the one that wrote different letters of the Bible and, and had, uh, apart from Luke, he wrote most of the New Testament. So we see these different types of people. And, and even Paul is referred to as an apostle by Luke. And perhaps Paul was God's example of the person that God really wanted to come into place to be the 12th apostle. But since the disciples didn't wait for what the Holy Spirit had said, they chose someone else that through the framework of what we see in the rest of the narrative of Luke, doesn't get a mention again, doesn't get a reference again, doesn't ever, we don't know of any miracles. There's different theories of what he did, Matthias. But other than that, we don't know anything much about him. We know about Paul. We know what, what Paul did. 
And I, I want you possibly to, to imagine for a second, and this is probably what I think, and, I've, and like I said, there's different schools of thought of why people think this way, but maybe the disciples chose Matthias, but the Spirit selected Paul. Plain and simple, this is what happens in life. Same thing, and this is where, it, where I feel that this whole thing about this moment of what, where, where, where Peter is leading the church and, and, and they're making decisions. And this is literally the last, the last, last moment right before Pentecost Sunday. I mean, this is the last verse before Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit falls down on them, which we'll talk about next Sunday. This is the last moment we hear this selection of Matthias. And I think there's a reason why God put it there and, 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 and has us to show that. Because I think sometimes we make decisions and we select individuals. When God said, wait for the Holy Spirit, I had something better. I had someone else. You selected Matthias because he was with you all along. You selected Matthias because he was around. You selected Matthias because he saw Jesus. You selected Matthias for every good reason. And he, he, he met all the qualifications. But maybe God wants to select people that don't meet any of the qualifications. Maybe Paul, who's this Pharisee, who, who literally is this person who is an anti-believer, anti-Christ. He's this murderer of, of Christians, persecutor of Christians. Maybe, maybe the disciples only saw what, what man, the qualifications are on this side. But Jesus says, and God says, the Holy Spirit says, I have someone on this side. I thank God for my life because sometimes when I don't meet the qualifications, and over here on this qualification, man would have selected someone else. But then over here, God says, you know what? I select you, George. You're going to be the pastor. You're going to lead. You're going to do this. And, and even though you don't meet the qualifications to man's standard, God says, I have another person. I, I, no, 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 no offense to Matthias. Yes, Matthias probably had a great ministry. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's, he's, he's so, let's outcast him. But maybe God is trying to point out to something. If we would just wait on the Holy Spirit sometimes, the Holy Spirit will raise up the right person. For the right time that would carry out the legacy that I want for my church. And this is interesting because I wrestle with this and there's different schools of thought on this. But this is where I want to lean towards. Is that God is really saying to the church and he's really saying to us. And I think Luke put this in here for a reason. And there's, there's, this, there's this reason why he wedges this right here. Because right before the outpouring of the church... You can see that the disciples are weighing on their decisions of the church by just rolling a piece of dice. How many times do we just roll a piece of dice? Okay, we're going to try it like this, see what works, throw it out, and maybe, maybe, maybe it'll stick. You know, let's throw everything out there and see if it'll stick. You know, I've seen that in church all along and like, okay, well, let's try this. Let's put this person. Well, let's try this person. Let's try all of them. Versus waiting on the spirit. Waiting on God to bring the right people. You know, I, I don't want to put the right, wrong people in a certain place if that's not who God wants in them. I, I don't want to say, okay, well, this is, let's, th- let's stick them there. Let's stick them here. I want God to lead and direct. And I want, I want literally God to, to ordain and bring the right people to this place. And even though there's few of us, let God still work and try to bring people like Saul's and Paul's and bring them to us. See, the disciples chose Matthias, but the Spirit selected Paul. There's this theme throughout 
scripture here of God selecting people. And sometimes it's the least likely to be chosen. I'm reminded of, 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 of the book of Samuel when, 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 when he goes to Jesse's house to look for the next king of Israel. He's looking to anoint. And you know this story of, of Jesse presents all his sons. He brings seven sons before him. And he says, well, no, not every single one of them works. And, and, and God tells Samuel, he says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And he, has, he asks Jesse, is, is there another son that you have? Do you have someone else? He's like, yeah, I have David. He's out working in the fields. It's like, that's the one. He was the last one to be chosen, number eight. And that's the one that God used to be the king of Israel. And I feel like that's the same way here. The same setup here that God is using and the Holy Spirit is working on. Can we wait on the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit want us to do? What does the Holy Spirit want us to say? Who, or who does the Holy Spirit want to put in position? And we allow God to speak. And we allow God to work in us. We allow God to, to make the decisions. And we, and we don't just roll a piece of dice and say, okay, let's see what, what happens. Or just cast some lots and say, okay, let's see what happens. But can we trust on God tonight? That the Holy Spirit will, 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 will wake us up and he will guide us and lead us to make the best decisions. I'll close with this. As we, I pray for this church and the direction of what we're doing next about locations and, and places to go and people to, to talk to and, and, and things that happen. I, I'm just waiting and I, I feel I'm thankful that I haven't made some of the decisions that I should have made or I was going to make six months ago that I haven't made a quiet yet or I went in a different direction because and, and through, through this I've seen the Holy Spirit work through this ministry already and he's guiding and opening doors I pray that here in the next few months that we will continually wait on what the Holy Spirit tells us that there's that sensitivity there's that discernment there's that not eagerness to like, okay, let's just get to the next step already. Not this eagerness of like, okay, let's just, let's just move on already. But there are times where we just have to just come back and say, you know what? What does is, what is God want for our church? What, is, what does God want for Houston? What, what does God want for Vibe? What does God want for, for the North Side? What does God want for this community we're trying to reach? I, I'm, not, I'm not eager to just move forward. And sometimes waiting on the Holy Spirit slows us down because the Holy Spirit, we're, we're so eager to just move up forward, so forward and so fast-paced that sometimes we just need to take a step back and let him do the work in people. Let him do the work in the community and let him do the work in the city. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord, here. God, we ask of you right now that, God, that we could just wait on you tonight. We can understand in seasons of waiting of whatever we're praying for, God, that you're in control, God. And tonight we allow your spirit to govern this church. This is not my church. This is your church, God. And Holy Spirit... Take control. In your name we pray.
Amen.